Okay, I'm not going to cut anybody's ear off tonight. No one's going to die. So you're all safe this evening for the illustration purposes. You know, I was just thinking, Brother Montoro, with the um, 15 year anniversary coming up, that's a great anniversary for the college. Next May at the school, uh, we're just going to have a lot of celebrations. It'll be a homecoming week in many, many ways. And so next May, that graduation preaching conference is going to be what we would hope would be a great time to celebrate. And uh, that'd be a great time to come visit, that's for sure. And, uh, but anytime you can come make your way to Oklahoma, uh, let me know uh, as, as far in advance as you can. And if my schedule permits, um, I would love to give you a tour of the campus and uh, show you a little bit around Oklahoma City. And uh, maybe one day we'll be able to show you where the NBA championship team plays. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I am glad to be here. I was just thinking, Brother Matoro was mentioning the inner city church planning class. And, and, and God's used that. I really want to encourage you to be a part of that in any way that, that you're able to do that. Um, I was thinking of Carlos Serrano in San Diego. Attended that class. He's now planted a church in San Diego Michael Newberger, uh, Jason Emily, I think, attended the class, and now he's here. And uh, that's just awesome. And so you've been a part of that in really hosting that, that inner city class to where there's, there's men of God now in ministry. And this church was really used by God to help really guide them into the inner city church planning ministries. And that's awesome uh, because we, and I know that you know this, the inner cities have been neglected far too many years. And uh, who knows what the Lord has done through the inner city church playing class that this, this church is a huge part of. And, and I don't think we know for sure. Looking forward to tonight's message. I really am very excited about tomorrow night's graduation service. We're going to have fun. I'm telling you. We're going to have a lot of fun. I want to encourage you to, to be here for that. Uh, to encourage the, the gals, I know that it's exciting. Well, I, tonight, my message is, is a little bit different. I like titles, and Peter and Sarah, you're going to have to bear with me. You've heard this message before. Uh, Andrew and Sarah, excuse me. Andrew and Sarah, you've heard this message before. That's okay. That means that God might want you to hear it twice, all right? But it's got a real odd title. It's, there, here's the title. Work Backwards. Work backwards. Now, tomorrow night, my title of the message that I'll be preaching to the girls is this, Kill or Be Killed. <laughs> I love titles. I just love giving, and really descriptive way. so kill or be killed. And it won't have anything to do with deer hunting, I promise you. But tonight's message is this, work backwards. With that in mind, turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5, and then also in Revelation chapter 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Revelations chapter 20. A little bit of update on Daniel Ertley, if I can, preacher. Uh, he does have a, a laceration on his liver and a laceration on his spleen and three broken toes. So he's going to be in a, a walking cast. Um, they're thinking that he could possibly be released as, late, uh, as early as Tuesday or late Monday. Uh, excuse me early Tuesday, late Wednesday. So we're praying that uh, they just start, they don't experience any more difficulties. So be praying for him. And he's going to have the collarbone is shattered. It's 
It's not just like a clean break. So he's going to have to have that thing in a sling for a good while, if not potentially surgery. But we're praying that the sling. Daniel just graduated and was um, going to finish out his uh, obligation, his commitment to, to witness and then uh, return home to Swanee, Georgia and uh, go back to his home church and go on staff there. And, uh, and I'm sure that he'll still be able to do that. But if you would, we'll just stand for the reading of a few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And we'll read there in verse 11. Then we'll turn to Revelation chapter 20 real quick. If you've got your place, say amen. amen. Pretty good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here we go. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his, what's that next word? Body. According, look at this, to that he hath done, whether it be, what's that next word? Or bad. Verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, here we go, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Turn to Revelations chapter 20. We just read the, really a description of, of one future day. And we're going to talk this evening about two future days. That was one day. Let's read about the second day. Revelations chapter 20, verse 11. Here's John. John's been banned from the world. And he's getting into the Word. <laughs> he's on this island, which is just like a big rock. He's away from all of the world. And he's getting some of the Word revealed to him. And he puts these words down here for us to really show us what God was showing him. And this is what he saw. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them, them being the unsaved. And I saw the dead, he describes them now, the dead, the small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were, what's that next word? Judged. Out of those things which were written in the books, according to their what? Works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time that you gave me this afternoon to be back in your word and to be back with you in prayer and for the things you even shared with me this afternoon. Lord, help me to communicate them correctly. Lord, in a real sense, remove me from the whole process. Lord, we're... We're thankful for the opportunity that this church still has services each and every Sunday night. Lord, tonight, 
I pray that this won't be a waste of anybody's time. But Lord, I pray more importantly that as we've invited you to meet with us this evening, I pray, dear God, that this won't be a waste of your time. That you'll see that before the evening's over with, that every one of your children will walk out of your house completely yielded, completely obedient to everything and anything you would want us to deal with. And I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that gets sweeter every day. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Tonight I want to try to encourage you. I want to encourage the young people. Uh, I've had a burden for the young people of this church from the first time I came here. It was a Saturday night youth rally. Brother Montoro, you had me come and preach that. And Carolina was there and Anita was there and the, the other young people were there. But it was a time that I got to really get acquainted with the young people of this church. And I want to try to encourage the young people of this church. But also those that aren't so young. That's us. <laughs> we won't say old. We'll just say those of us that aren't so young. Amen. So I want to try to encourage you this evening. But I want to encourage all of us, at least to make effort to, uh, about the future. So in order to do that for all of us with the wide range of ages that we have here, I want to kind of bring us all together into thinking about some future plans. But I want to start, start with the immediate plans. So let's just think about what some big days are that you have ahead for you. For some, it's to, to pass all your classes. You just... Hope to pass your classes. For the younger people, that would be applicable. For some, it might be, I just want to get my driver's license. I remember the day, man, if I can just get my driver's license, everything will be resolved. It was just a big day. I remember that. I can remember that big day. I can remember that a big day just hoping I'll make the cut on the, the football team. That's a big day. For some, it might be a big day is to save enough money for an engagement ring and then finally buy the engagement ring. For some of the girls, it's hoping that he's saving for the engagement ring. For some, it's to graduate high school. For some, it's to graduate college. It's a big day. For some, it could even be 69 days away to get married for, <laughs> for some. Isn't it 69 days? 89? Oh, 69 sounded better. <laughs> 89. For some, it might be just to get a job. That's the big day ahead for me, just to get a job or to get an apartment for my future wife. That's a big day. For some, it might be to, to really be able to find a career. And then once we get a career or get a job, then what? Well, then we want to, and oftentimes this would be the case for the guys, then we want to get a vehicle. And then we, once we get a car, then we want to buy a faster car. In Oklahoma, it's you want to buy a truck. And then once you get a truck, you want to buy a bigger truck. It just kind of works that way. A bigger and a faster truck. And then some might say the big day is, is just to get married, as some would have in plans here already, and then, and then you get married, and then what? Well, then you have children, and then you question both. Why did I get married and have children? <laughs> I'm joking. That's just a joke. Then what? Well, then you think about buying a house, and then you think about as your family gets bigger, then we've got to buy a bigger house, and then you think about the big day of sending your children off to college, or at least you try to think of some other way to get them finally out of the house. <laughs> 
Or then sometimes then we just say, I just want to get a career and I just want to, well, then what? Well, then once you get a career, then you work there for 30 years. And then what? Then you retire. And then what? You travel. And then what? You get old and older and older. And then you get a long-term disease and you hope then to die very quickly. (laughs) Then what? Those are some big days. All of those days are ahead on our calendar. Then what? Well, right after death, we're all going to stand before Christ. And that, my friend, is the most important day on all of our calendars. No matter where you are on the life cycle of life. No matter your age, it's the most important day. No matter if you're fixing to get married or trying to graduate, the most important day is that day when you'll see Jesus Christ. One scholar says it this way, Do you, do you not think that it would make a difference to you if you really believed the thrilling consciousness that every act of the present was actually registered by God? Well, my friend, every act of the present is being registered by God. And He will reveal all of it on that great day. Let's just talk a little bit about these two very different days. The first day, the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10-11. through The first passage that we read. And the second day, much of a different day, the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Let's contrast these two very different days. One judgment day will be glorious. One will be horrific. One will open the eons of eternity in heaven, and the other will open the eons of eternity in hell. One will bring great reward one will bring great punishment. These two days are very different. (laughs) Very different. At the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians that we read, the RSVP is for people of faith, those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. I didn't say those that are members of this church. I didn't say that, did I? Those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Those that have realized that Jesus Christ is the one and the one and only that can save them from their sins. Amen? Amen. These people will be at this day. This is the day for the people of faith. At the great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20, it's for unbelievers. Those that have rejected Jesus Christ will be ordered to appear at that judgment. We must recognize that the most important future day for a person is one of those future judgment days, then the most important issue, no matter what great day you think is ahead for you, the most important issue that is before you this evening, right now, is that you make sure tonight that you're going to stand at the right day. You don't want to be standing there on the wrong day. It's the most important day in the future for you. Why? Why it is important for you to know which judgment day you're going to be present at. It's real simple. Because we all must die. We all must face the cold, 
unalterable, hard fact that from the day we were born, we were fixed with one inescapable appointment. We all must die. Like it or not, believe it or not, ready or not, we all must die. Sooner or later, the death angel will meet you and reach through eternity's door and pull you through it. Nobody can escape it. And yet, on another great day at Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ took the penalty for our sins. He suffered the wrath of God in our place. And His Word makes it clear that if we'll come to Him acknowledging our sins and accept what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, He will appropriate His work of redemption to us. God will cleanse, pardon, and save us if we'll come to Him the Bible way. But if we refuse, or we try to appease Him some other way, then we'll be co-signed to the never-ending flames of hell. And my friend, when you die, you either die a believer or a non-believer. And whatever you are when you die, you are that forever. And ever. And ever. Some of us need to stop living like we're never going to die. Now for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we believe that one day Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's pretty exciting to think that Jesus Christ could come back so soon that it could be any moment now. We, we, would, we would call it the rapture where He comes and just takes us up. And I'm just going to use the word where He's going to come and rescue us up potentially. But as soon as the rescue's in place, there's going to also be, let's not forget, a reckoning. A reckoning. But the fact is, I'm going to be real honest with you. The fact is that many of us are not really ready to meet him yet and then reckon with him i didn't say you i said us this teaching of his returning soon and then serve as our judge has become what i'm going to call a a sleeper it's in the sleeper part of our minds while playing a major role in our future it's been pushed to the back burner of our minds and that's just where satan wants it the back burner Tonight, we're going to attempt to bring this to the front burner. Now, for the believer, I'm going to be speaking mostly to the believers this evening. Let's consider the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, the first judgment seat of Christ is the the place that every Christian will one day stand before Jesus Christ. Our salvation is our ticket to this event. We'll be there because of what Christ did when He saved us. No one who has failed to trust Christ will be present at this day. They will be present, summoned to appear at the day that we read about in Revelation chapter 20. The judgment seat of Christ is the day for the people of faith. Day where the people that have trusted Jesus Christ, that had faith in Jesus Christ, will appear before Him and be judged. The judgment day is an evaluation time. The judgment seat is like a a performance evaluation. Some of you have had job performance evaluations where you'd meet with your supervisor maybe on an annual basis and your supervisor will go over some goals and objectives and he might say, well, you did real good here and you did real good here on this objective, but 
these last two, you didn't do so good, so let's do them again. Let's go ahead and give another run at this. Let's try to work on these a little bit harder next year. Let's see how you do on these and he'll evaluate you and he'll say, let's give it another try. But on this evaluation day, there won't be any redos. There won't be any, let's give another run at this, Jesus. No, it's too late then. It will be the final evaluation of your performance of your whole life for Jesus Christ. It's a time of evaluation. The evaluation is crucial. Every Christian needs to understand it. It's the final evaluation. Matthew Henry said it this way. It ought to be the business of every believer every day to prepare for that last day. One scholar said it this way. There are only two days on my calendar. Today and that day. Let me try to illustrate this. Listen to a story of a contractor who took some shortcuts while trying to build a house for a dear friend. A contractor was going to build a lovely home for a very wealthy friend that he had. But while building the house, the contractor threw his friendship to the wind in favor of cutting some corners. He started to skimp in quality wherever it wouldn't be noticed. He began right at the beginning of the foundation. He started to put cheap concrete into the home, knowing that it wouldn't be revealed for many years in the future. The house looked imposing. It was, it was a beautiful home, a big, large home, but it was unsafe. You can imagine the builder's disappointed surprise when he finished the house and gave the rich friend the keys to the house and the rich friend handed the keys back over to him and he said, I want to give this to you as a gift for being my dear friend with one stipulation that you have to live there for the rest of your life with your family. Can you imagine that foolish builder had inherited the fruit of his own unfaithfulness? Actually, in robbing his rich friend, he robbed who? Himself. Sometimes, that's like us. Sometimes, if our present service for the Lord is faulty or insincere, we're not only robbing the Lord, but we're robbing ourselves of rewards. Remember, at the judgment seat of Christ... Christ will be there discerning what we've done for Him. He'll be testing and verifying our works. Jesus will discern what kind of work our lives have produced. We need not worry about condemnation, but we should be concerned about loss. We can cheat ourselves out of much reward if we're not careful. Now, not only is this a day of a time of evaluation, but it's also a day where eternal Rewards are given. Let me explain. This is where the saints' lives are evaluated. It's where the service we've done for the Lord is appraised. It's where He looks back over everything you've done, the whole way that you've come, and it's where He, he as a great appraiser, looks at it, and He starts to assign value to it. He looks at all of it, and He knows what's right, and He knows what you did where it was pure and where it wasn't pure. And he starts to discern that. And he starts to assign a value to it. And he starts to give awards for it. It's where he deems things acceptable or not acceptable. 
It's where he possibly might say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But there's no guarantee. The determination is made at this day of what you and I will enjoy in heaven for eternity. You see, I want to know now what he's looking for then. So that if I need to make some adjustments now, while I still have time, I want to do that. I want to know what he's going to look for then. I want to know it now so that I can make some adjustments. Right now, we're all facing a whole new year in life, if you would, just by the age that we're, we're all working through the life cycle. It would behoove us to start to examine the motives for our service because one day he will judge our motives and his in our service to him. You see, you cannot be rewarded for that which does not meet the criteria of a pure motive to glorify God. Our lifestyle or the way we live must glorify God. Are you really, really sure that you're ready for this day? In conclusion, let me remind you of the questions I proposed at the beginning. What are on your immediate plans? What are you preparing for today? What have you been getting ready for? Pass your classes? Get an engagement ring? Get married? Get a job? Get a house? Get an apartment? Have kids? Get rid of your kids? <laughs> get debt free? Get old? Retire? Travel? Get a disease? Then what? Then you die. Then what? then you'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that is the most important day on your calendar. Then what? Well, what about this question? Now what? Now, look forward to that day and work backwards to today. Why? Because one day, if you're saved, you'll see Christ face to face at the judgment seat. Now, you can look forward to death if you prepare for that great day. Now you can look forward to going through a, a long disease if you prepare for that great day. Now you can serve Christ in retirement if in retirement, if you're preparing for that great day. Now you can serve God in a career working for a company, if you're preparing for that great day while you're serving in that career today. Now you can honor and serve God during your time at school if you're preparing for that great day while you're in school. Now, the choices you and I make in our lives today should be in light of that great day. If you're saved then you should start every day at the judgment seat of Christ and work backwards. That means you start there and work all the way back to today. To your iPhone. To your laptop. To your personal calendar. To your academic calendar. To your church calendar. To your social calendar. 
to your checkbook, to your missions giving, to your to-do list, to your projects list, to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend, to your spouse, to your children, to your life's goals, on and on. Woodrow Kroll said it this way, take everything you do today, every thought you think, every word you say, to the judgment seat and check out its eternal impact. Make some adjustments now while you have time. Today is the only day you have to prepare for tomorrow. Who knows? This could be your last chance. This could be the beginning of a whole brand new life. Don't squander it. One old Baptist preacher said it this way. Have you ever as a Christian stopped to think of what a solemn thing it would be when your life's work is ended? When all further opportunity for witnessing for Christ on earth will be gone forever. When you stand in your glorified body before His judgment seat and He will go back over all the way you have come. And give His own estimate of your service for Him. Of everything that you attempted to do for Him. Will He at that time have to say something like this? You, you had such a wonderful opportunity to glorify me, but you failed. Because you were so self-occupied. You were so concerned about what people were thinking. Instead of being concerned about pleasing me, you were so worried about pleasing people. Jesus will have to say, I'm going to have to blot out all of that. I cannot reward you for that. There's too much of self in that service. But, or hopefully, perhaps maybe as He looks over all the way you've come, He sees something. Maybe something that you have forgotten about. Something that seems so small in the life's work that you've done. And you hear Jesus say, there. You thought you failed at that. You thought you, you blew that. You thought your testimony amounted to nothing in that situation. You thought that, was, that wasn't worth anything to me. But I was listening. I was observing. And I saw your heart there. Even though no one applauded for you, even though your name never appeared in the bulletin, there, I can reward you for that small thing. Think about the small things that you've done for the Lord. 
just for a moment, think about the little places of service that you know were pure for God. When you helped somebody that could never help you. When you witnessed to somebody and you knew more than likely you would never see them again. When you prayed for somebody and you really told them, I'll pray for you, and you really did it. What about the time that when an offering came by, when the missionary came by and your pastor says, I feel like we need to have a free will offering for this missionary family. And you put in something and nobody saw it. If they did, they might have thought, that's just a few dollars, but you knew that's all you had. Those little things. The time that you just, maybe you greeted a visitor when no one else would go to him. He was dirty and smelly. And you greeted him and you made him feel at home. What about the time when you just did the little things when no one saw them? All of those can be rewarded for if you had a pure motive to glorify God. You just wanted it to be done for the right reason. And God says, there, I can reward you for that. And you get those rewards forever. You enjoy the reward for that little thing forever. Because it was pure. The other things, when you did them so people would see and recognize you, God will say, you are already receiving your reward. Maybe this evening, you'll be like me. Two years ago, August the 3rd, preparing to speak at a young adult conference. I was preparing this message. Fell down on my knees. And I knew there was far too much of self in my service. It wasn't like I was doing anything bad. There's too much self in it. I wonder if this evening, if you would do what you do for God, and nobody ever saw it but just Him. That I, as I read the Scripture, I sense those are going to be the things that we'll be able to have rewards given to us for. Maybe this evening as I did August 3rd, two years ago, maybe you'll start this evening to make some adjustments because there's far too much self. If we could learn as Paul did and start to be Christ-pleasers. Remember, uh, finally at the end. Remember, whatever you are when you die... You are that forever. And when it comes time to die, you may not have a lot of time. Matter of fact, you may not even have a second. So if your mindset is here this evening, I think I'll take care of that when it's time to die. You may not even have the time to die. It could happen like that. And when it happens... 
and you don't choose it, you are that forever. In eternity. Now, for the believers, again, we've considered the most important day, that great day. And in our text, we even see it in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I have to be honest with you. That's simply a description of what I've been trying to do this evening. Is to persuade you. To persuade you to be prepared for that great day. That's all I'd like to do this evening. Is to persuade you to make sure that you're prepared for that great day. For as my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to look forward to that day and work backwards to today. But not just today. How about right now? Right now is the best time to evaluate your own life's performance for God. It's a great time for you to say this, Lord, I want to lay down everything I've done and I want you to evaluate all of it right now. I lay it out there. And Lord, if there's too much self in any of this, remove it. So that as I go through the next year of my life and the next year of my life and the next year of my life, there's no self in it. So that you can make some adjustments. I say this respectfully. And I don't care how old you are. If you need to make some adjustments before it's too late, it would behoove you to do it no matter your age and no matter who you are. I'll finish with this quote. A man that provides for this life but takes no care or doesn't prepare for eternity is wise for a moment but a fool forever. It's an evaluation time. It's really near. Evaluation time is very, very close. I would challenge you, as I've been challenged when I was preparing this message, if you need to make some adjustments, do so now. I remember the day in my home when the Lord was just, can I say it this way? Nailing me for some of the service that I've presented to Him. And if I would have died then and had those things evaluated, it's not like God would have said, oh, that's bad. But there's so much. Are you getting this? There was so much self in it. Sometimes when we get up here on the platform and sing or, or, or preach or we teach or we get up to testify, I ask you, as I was convicted myself, is there a lot of self in that? Or are you just wanting to bring glory to God? Because one day, it's going to be revealed by Him. And then He'll appraise it. And He'll reward you for that if it's pure. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed? We're just going to have a simple time. I'm, I'm going to ask, I, you know, if you need to be part of the invitation, if you're normally a part of it, but if you need to break out from wherever you are, 
Just come forward now. I'm going to have a word of prayer. and You take time to make some adjustments if the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this church house. And Lord, if it is that any of us need to make some adjustments, some refocusing, that we not put it off for another day, but we take care of it right now. So Lord, help these dear folks to do business with you, not by being comfortable, but by stepping out, dear God, and allowing them to find a place in your house here to do business with you. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you need to come, find a place there in your pew, whatever it would be, do business with the Lord. Do so now. I would just ask you this as a guest speaker. If you're here this evening and you're doing business with God, please be seated or come to the front. Please don't remain standing. If you're standing, then I believe you're done doing business with the Lord and you don't need more time. But if you need time, either come to the front or be seated there in your pew, then I know how to extend the invitation. Being that you're giving me a physical sign, I need more time.